Turn it up. From the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 Basketball Facility in Rockland, California, it's Coach's Rise Time with Coach C. Collins. It's Star 3, 2, 1. Coach's Rise Time. Hey, how you doing, man? It's here, Coach's Rise Time. Talk a little bit of basketball, give you my perspective on a coach. I'm your host, Coach C. Collins. If you've been here since day one, you know who I am um, from About That Life podcast. Uh, you know, this is just a little spinoff show, my little thing where I try to give you some insight into the coaching world, into AAU basketball, how it all works, what to expect, things like that. And, you know, kind of a uh, just a quick hot take on on a little quick aspect of basketball. If uh, this is your first time here, welcome. Appreciate you listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Uh, If you've been subscribing since day one, uh, whether it be on the audio side or the visual side, hey, much appreciated. Thank you for your supporters. Uh, I'm trying to grow it little by little. If you guys could help me get to 200 subscribers, it'd be really greatly appreciated. You know, it's a small goal, but it's my goal, and I'm hoping to hit it. Uh, So, like my man at the uh, Poor Man's Podcast says, give me that HBO special, help a brother out. It'd be uh, really appreciated. So, with that being said, um, let's talk about today's topic. Uh, Today's topic, I have heard this term a lot as a coach, and I kind of wanted to define it. Um, I wanted to really make it make sense as far as... uh, understanding what is positionless basketball, right? We, we talk about that a lot uh, with it being the playoffs and the Golden State Warriors doing their thing. Um, I'm, I, oh, quick update for those who are listening because I've almost before I forgot to talk about this. Uh, we did the second session at Kansas City, went two and two. Uh, we played the former champs. This is my UA team for those who've been following along, my 17U um, Under Armour Rise team, right? Uh, we and and sh- and shout out to my team. We just got done playing today, and we won the uh, West Coast Elite. You know, we got the champions uh, shipped uh, there. So great job! Uh, shout out to West Coast Elite, uh, Jason, Ryan Silver, Brandon Cole, all those guys, and our, uh, Arsenal with KP. We ended up playing them and Support Strong Elite. Shout out to you! Shout out to you guys now, and Brian from Work Hard Play Hard. All, all you guys, man. It's just good seeing you. Good functioning. Good Northern California event. So. Uh, in Kansas City, boys did well, went two and two, played in a great arena. I'm gonna delve more into that more circuit side of it on the next episode. But as the playoffs are going, watching the Warriors, right? Shout out to my Warriors, they just won. I wanted to talk about more about, um, I wanted to bring up something that I thought was pretty, you know, pretty relevant that we hear nowadays. Uh, looking at Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, looking at the fluidity and the way basketball has shifted and evolved a term we hear quite often is positionless basketball you have to learn to play positionless basketball we have to be positionless basketball so what does that mean right because that's something I kind of wanted to talk about and figure out in in I believe the general public term of positionless basketball means uh players that can do and play multiple spots now this is where I would ask you. So you got guys like Joel Embiid, Ante DeCumbo, uh, Joker, Jokic, who are playing some of the most efficient and phenomenal basketball in uh, NBA history. Um, all three of them are playing at MVP caliber uh, talent. Saw a great YouTube special on the breakdown of it. I forgot this guy's name. I think it's Jay 
highlighter or something like that please go check him out he does these great documentaries on it and he showed like the efficiency and the graphs love love that side of it because i'm an analytics kind of guy so is it simply bigs that can impact the game and can also shoot the three is that what we would call positionless or is it a guard that can post up because we don't see that too much it's not like we plan to see steph curry post up anybody anytime soon right or, you know, but Chris Paul, he kind of does and leans into it, gets a little mid-range. Or is it just guys who can literally play around the perimeter? They can go from corner to corner playing around the wing and perimeters at a very high rate. When we say position doesn't mean they can guard multiple positions because someone like Draymond Green is someone you would call a positionless player. But is that because he can guard all five positions and he can make plays? Because his stat book doesn't show that he's making a huge impact, but everyone knows he is an essential engine and heart to that Warriors team. So, and again, of course, I'm using the NBA because that is a reflection of what we all think of when we go to positionless basketball, right? Is it bigs who shoot? Is it guards who post up? I mean, what 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 is it? Can we come up with a tangible, objective design for it? Well, this is my take on it. And again, you can agree, you can disagree. Please leave comments. Tell me what you think. Tell me what uh, you believe positionless, bas- positionless basketball is. This is my take on it. Positionless basketball means, yeah, offensively, we'll just talk offense, you are a 3D scorer. And what I mean by 3D means you can shoot from the three, you can score from the three point, you can score from the mid range, or you can score and you can score at the basket. The three scoring spots at any given time, in any given way, at any given position. That's what it means on the offensive end. Defensively, it means you can guard, legitimately guard and play at a very high rate and efficient level, the two through four position. I wouldn't say the five. I wouldn't even say the one because those are more still defined positions in terms of the size, the way it's built, you know, the expectation. If you're capable of guarding two through four, and obviously if you can guard the five and one, that's a bonus, and you're able to score in multiple ways in multiple positions, that's what I would call a positionless player. If you are a wing like a KD or LeBron, but you're capable of going back to the basket, shooting fadeaways and posting up and using footwork to get open. If you are Joel Embiid, where you can attack the basket relentlessly, but then you can go on it when hard and attacks off of the pick and roll, you can pop and shoot and knock down a three, or you could be a spot up shooter, like a seven foot Brooke Lopez. That's what makes you positionless, right? The way the game's geared, positionless players thrive. That's why I think a lot of college coaches, I think that's even why a lot of AAU coaches have kind of gone away from waiting for bigs to get good. They've kind of just said, you know what, fuck it, we're not going to keep waiting for these bigs. We're going to kind of go away from that, right? And we're going to just get a bunch of wings and guards, and that's what the games have evolved into. You know, the MVP for at least, from what I can recall, for the past decade prior to uh Giannis and obviously Jokic getting the MVP was all dominated by guards if I'm hopefully my history is correct I believe it's from like 2002 or no yeah it was after Shaq's era basically so it had to be like 2007 maybe even to somewhere 2004 to 2007 range onwards until uh you know uh Giannis got it not too long ago um that it, it's been dominated by high level guards And so 
now the, now we're starting to see kind of a, a gear towards the big man again. But these are not traditional big men. These are big men who can pass. These are big men who can shoot, right? So my definition for a positionless basketball player means that you can score pretty much any single type of way, right, on the offensive end. But you can also guard, again, at minimum three positions, if not four to five on the defensive end and guard them well. You can have po great post defense all the way to great wing on-ball defense. And you're able to adapt to it very fast. Adaptation is the cornerstone of being a positionless player. And that means for, and my advice for you guys who are out there who want to thrive as positionless basketball players, you got to put in the work. You got to work on your shot. You got to work on posting up. I teach my guards how to post up. That's something, you know, nuance I'm trying. I'm trying to actually teach my point guards how to use footwork and post up. Because I know a lot of times guards, especially youth guards, don't know how to guard the post. I work on it with my guys so they know how. They understand three-fourths coverage, the arm bar, how to use it, have a strong forearm, how to put their shoulder in front of the chest. We I teach these things so they understand how to guard it defensively. But trying to take point guards who work on dribble, 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 dribble their whole life and starting to make them have to learn how to use footwork, how to use angles, up and unders and counters and cross moves like that in order to learn how to score, that's something kind of nuanced and innovative I'm trying. Now, hey, I could be a total failure or I'm going to fuck around and have point guards, shooting guards, and small forwards who can post your guards up. Either way, it's all trial and error. But that's the kind of an experiment I'm trying as well. So my take, you know, might be different than yours. Uh, I would love to hear from it. You know, leave comments. Tell me if you agree. Tell me if you think I'm crazy or out of my mind. Uh, you know, show me some comparisons. I would love to have the conversation and debate and, you know, you know, share this, man. Maybe, maybe get inspire some talks, maybe put in some groups. I don't care, man, whatever, whatever it does to, uh, uh, get, get the conversation flowing because I love the game and I just love seeing, uh, these sports talks and debates. It just makes things fun and it makes things fun for myself. So, you know, I, I, I would love to hear your feedback on that. So with that being said, I think I'm going to take this podcast to a close <laughs> or this episode to a close. Um, again, thank you for those who've been listening and supporting. It's greatly appreciated, man. I, I really love the fact that people are out there really supporting me, man. Uh, you know, again, links to the main show will be in the description. Hit that uh, like and subscribe. Uh, you know, give me the 200. That's all I'm asking. If you can, if not, it's all good. Hopefully you came away with some insight. got a little bit of uh, things that you're like, okay, I like that. And maybe you want to listen to some more. I'm going to try to get you guys some more episodes on a more consistent rate because I know I'm super busy. I'm traveling. Uh, I go to Atlanta in July. Next weekend, I'm in Hayward, California. Then I'm in Ladera, California that same weekend for my seventh grade because they're going on the UA circuit. So I'm just busy, 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 man. But, uh, you know, shout out to you, man, for those who've been supporting. Uh, you know, stay safe, man. Be out there. Do your thing. Thrive in the game. You know what I mean? Like, and fighting. This is something I say all the time to my kids. I'm going to say to you, especially the kids that listen and check this out. You fighting for seven, man. Seven percent of high school athletes get to play college. That's from JUCO all the way up. You're fighting for seven. Coaches, you're helping them fighting for seven. Fight for that seven percent. You know, stay inspired. Stay strong. Do your thing. Fight for your seven. And I'm out.